Oh yes, welcome back everybody to a brand new Rugby Muscle podcast. We are now really in the full swing of things as we come into the new season of the podcast with episode 82, The Best Diet, Nutrition Principles and Basics to Build Muscle and Torch Fat. Um, This episode is brought to you by rugby-muscle.com. Go ahead and go to rugby-muscle.com for show notes on everything that you hear on this podcast. Everything that we mentioned will be up on there. You can also get 50 free rugby conditioning sessions or just conditioning sessions if you want to lose some fat. Um, just by entering your email delivered right to your inbox by going over to rugby-muscle.com. Um, in terms of dieting, you also have the physique nutrition video series from there, and you can also go ahead and grab the TJ Strength Supplement Guide. That's three different free gifts that you can get just by heading to rugby-muscle.com and giving us your email so we can send those gifts right on over to you. You'll also receive uh, information on how to win a free membership to receive our training and workouts in Team Rugby Muscle. That's our cutting-edge training that will be delivered right to your phone. Uh, No nonsense, no messing around of anything. Just the best training that you can get delivered straight to your phone and you can find out how to win that free by getting the conditioning sessions, the video series, or the supplement guide. Have I said free enough times already in the intro? Cool. Something else that you'll also get if you do join Team Rugby Muscle is uh, nutrition guidelines and tips. We're not going to be giving out meal plans because meal plans don't really do squat for you. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll understand completely why. We're going to talk about a lot today with the other TJ Strength Coach, Big Nick Whiteman. Nick has worked with a bunch of top athletes in a variety of different sports, including athletics, uh, strongman, and rugby, of course. Of course rugby. And I'm not really going to give you his whole resume here, but I just want you to understand where we're coming from. Um, As always, you can always ask us any questions that come up with this uh, podcast in the comments, or you can just hit us up on my Instagram, at tj.strength. And ask any questions away there. But other than that, I don't want to give too much away because it's a real uh, nitty-gritty episode where we get into the details, almost, of the basics. Like, how all of these basics can really apply to every piece of diet advice you ever hear. So, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. Alright guys, so we are live with Nick and we are discussing today nutrition um nutritional priorities or um why the basics matter with nutrition why we don't try and overcomplicate shit and why it's like the non-glamorous stuff is the most important stuff that you need to pay attention to not the funky stuff uh how's it going nick yeah yeah all good all good uh i'm pretty excited for this to be honest yes good mate this is this is like your wheelhouse as well right because you're studying this right now yeah yeah me and uh nutrition we're best mates at the moment hell yeah Good stuff. And so, um, do you want to, Nick? Whilst whilst you're here, do you want to give us a quick uh, introduction into like why the basics are the most important, or, or or like why guys often overlook them, and why that's a mistake? Yeah. Um, basically, uh, the basics are the most important because it's the foundation, um, and the foundation is always going to be the thing you need to work on the most to be able to get a higher peak. So I like to think about these things as a pyramid um, and the foundation is that bottom layer. And if you don't have a big bottom layer, then your pyramid is going to fall over pretty quick if you start building it too high. So the more time you spend on your bottom layer 
uh, the higher you can build your pyramid and the thicker, the wider, all the good stuff. Um, <clears throat> people look over it because, let's be honest, the foundations are boring. Like, yeah. it's the stuff everybody knows and everybody talks about and it's not, you know, a magic pill. It's It all takes a little bit of work and it all takes a little bit of concentration and it's not something that you can just most of the time do without putting any thought into it. Um, and therefore, it does take, you know, some effort to do. And it's, you know, as I said, it's, it kind of gets a bit boring. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, it's, it's, this isn't a lot, I guess, on people because we're all, we're all kind of like inherently, like, if we, if there's an option that we can do a lot less work, we would yeah. take it. And so that's why we're always looking for it. We're always looking for that one, you know, food that we need to add in or that one group that we need to cut out. When really, if we understand the basics and we, un- we get a really good, like, habit base, like you said, a real good base of that pyramid. And like mm-hmm. us, us fitness people, we love pyramids, man. We, yeah. they're, they're our go to for anything. If we want to represent something well, we put it in a pyramid because it's, yeah. it's, it's true. Like, the better our habits are, the better our knowledge is, the more we can explain all of the funky stuff as well and not under, not like, you know, see the, or be able to see the forest through the trees. Exactly. Like the really niche stuff, that extra 1%, it's no good to you if you're not doing the other 98%. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also, only going to make that 1% difference. For sure. And, and I guess the point I always want to put across, and I put it across in the last podcast, is that all of these um, basics are, are principles. They're not set out rules that you have to stick by. Like you don't like or or the rules in themselves that people give themselves aren't really like necessary they're just good guidelines so like you know no carbs after 5 p.m mm-hmm. like what the fuck but really that can work for people because if you you know if you tend to binge at night and you've put yourself on a restriction then you know if you realize that by doing that you're going to adhere to the principles that we're going to talk about in a second then you're going to lose weight and you're going to succeed in your diet Exactly. And, and as you just said, it's the principles, it's the basic stuff that is constant throughout every single diet. And if you don't, you know, every, all the stuff like the no carbs after five or the carb backloading or the nutrient timing, all this stuff, they're all just methods to get you back to those principles. There's like nothing works that doesn't adhere to those principles. Yeah, for sure. All right. So without further ado, we're going to get into those principles and like, there, there are more than we're going to go through today, and you can go a lot more in depth on the ones that we're going into today. But really, we just want to outline them so that when we talk about other things coming, like other things dieting wise, um, we're going to have guests on that are vegans, and we're going to, I'm hopefully going to try and get some keto talk going down. Hopefully, we can explain this all away by using these principles. And the yeah. first one we're going to get into is consistency and sustainability. So, do you want to? briefly outline what that means yeah so it's actually probably the most overlooked but it's also the most important part of sure. nutrition if 100% you can't the most to a diet it doesn't really matter how fancy it is or how well it's going to work uh if you're going say for example no carbs and then you get to friday night and then you chow down on the two tubs of ben and jerry's because you went all week without carbs and now you're binging the diet's not going to work um, so it's actually the most important part of any nutrition plan or any diet is being able to adhere to it and being able to adhere to it long term. Cause 
there's very few um, exceptions to this long-term thing. Like if you have to diet down quickly for, I don't know, a photo shoot, a competition, make weight for a, a, you know, some other competition, something like that, then yes, maybe it's not something you want to sustain long-term. Yeah. But overall, you should be aiming for a diet that you can maintain day in, day out without too much thought um, and make it something that it's easy for you to, to just go ahead and do. Yeah, for sure. And like if when you're talking about those two week periods or those crash diets where, you know, there's a specific purpose for that diet and, and you acknowledge that it's only a short term diet, you still have to have good, consistent, sustainable uh, methods like backing that up to, to go back to once you finished. Otherwise, you're going to yeah. do a two week crash diet or a four week crash diet, whatever. And then you're going to rebound and probably like according to all of the statistics that are available to us, you're going to probably end up fatter. Yeah. And that's actually the worst thing about those crash diets. And the reason why they have such a bad name is because most of the time you get taught how to diet for two weeks and diet really fucking hard. And then nobody teaches you what to do afterwards. So you go, you know, you lose weight. So you lose, I don't know, five, 10 kilos, whatever it is over X amount of time. And then at the end, you're like, oh, sweet. I can go back to smashing Ben and Jerry's and cookies and fucking donuts and stuff. Right. And Do all of the things that got you any good, any good habits or any, anything about the principles we're going to go over. Yeah. And, and that's why they end up regaining the weight. It's not the crash diet that did it. It's the stuff they didn't learn while they were doing the crash diet. Hell yeah. Um, you know, that's what people do is that they go for a, they go for a set diet for a set period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, what they fail to realize is the reason that they're in the shape or they're unhappy with the shape that they're in is their current day-to-day habits. And so if mm-hmm. you don't change those, you're never going to change your physique in the long term. Exactly. And create a good sustainable diet. So yeah, absolutely great points, mate. Um, and you're right. 100% is the most overlooked. I, I think about it like a good example would be to say you're playing golf and you ask someone, Oh, you know, what's your strategy? And then they tell you, Oh, well, I'm just going to get a hole in one on every hole. Like that's not, that's not, you're not going to be able to consistently do that or sustainably do that. It's not a good strategy. In fact, you know, you'd rather be aware of that and you're going to be much better off. So say if there's, say if it's a par four and it's just a giant lake in front, you're actually better off not doing or not aiming for a hole in one, but aiming for a more consistently playing around that lake or doing whatever I'm, Clearly not a golfer. But. My, my favorite um, analogy for this is using a marathon and then trying to work out your marathon time by your 100-meter sprint <laughs> and then going, yeah, I'm yeah, just going yeah, to do 240. Is it 240? Or 2,400 100-meter sprints, whatever it is. Um, and that's going to be my time for the marathon. Yeah. And it, it's just not how it works. Like You yeah. can't just sprint as fast as you can for a full marathon yeah know? or you can't just go for a hole in one you, you're better exactly. off like taking a step back taking yep. a bit of a more sustainable approach and 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 then even then you know when that mile when that uh marathon is done or when the when you when you finish that hole you're going to be in a much better place oh 100 you probably die if you try and sprint a marathon <laughs> Couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. It's horrific. So, yeah, no. that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter anything else. If you can't sustain a diet, it's not going to do you any good in the long term. Exactly. Cool. So the second one, calories. Uh, do you want to give us an actual proper definition of calories and then we'll go into it? Right. So a calorie or actually a kilocalorie yeah. is 
the amount of energy it takes to heat one gram of water uh, by one degree. That's what a calorie is. That's its definition. And so essentially to us, a calorie is energy. Um, and yeah. why is that important? Because we intake energy and we output energy. So when we eat, when we drink stuff, it's pretty much not water. We're taking in energy. And if we're not expending enough energy or as much energy as, as we're intaking, then we're going to gain weight. Um, yeah. And that's where calories comes into it. So calories and energy are interchangeable terms as far as I'm concerned. One yeah. is just a measurement and one is what we're measuring. Um, and this is where a lot of people are aiming you know, all their dietary advice out at the moment. Um, and this is what people are saying is the most important thing. But I still maintain that that adherence, that sustainability is far more important than the calories. But still, you need to come back to are you intaking more than you're outputting and is that in line with your goals? Yeah, so you, you might want to intake more if you're trying to gain weight, but nine times out of ten, this same age, people want to either intake less than they're outputting or output more than they're intaking. Yeah, and you. so essentially it's just you as a human being are one giant math equation. You know, you, yeah. are, you are expressing energy and then if you take in too much energy – then you're going to store it to express later. If you yeah. if you take in less than you express, then your body's going to use up those stores that you currently have, and that's mm -hmm. it. It's really really simple. And and like like Nick said, every single diet can sort of be understood by this. Like you can rationalize it. And so if we go back to the principles, uh, if someone has a you know no carbs after five p.m., that might help them eat less calories because they're used to eating a lot more carbs or a lot more food after 5 p.m. And this restriction stops them from doing that. And therefore they have less calories. They lose weight. It's not because there's any magic about eating carbs after five. Exactly. And you know, nine times out of 10, when people take something out of their diet, like carbs, for example, they don't really replace it with anything. Um, yeah. And that's why it works. They're just if, taking carbs and therefore calories out of the diet. And then therefore, on the flip side, if it doesn't work, it's because, I mean, and that's why all of these diets can work great or can work terribly for people because yeah. they don't, because some people, so let's take the no carbs after 5 p.m. Um, that someone could then just end up eating like, I don't know, like a giant uh, omelet of just maybe they have eight eggs and that's replaced what they normally would have had is just a couple slices of toast or something. And yeah, man, if you more replace, calories coming I don't in, know the bowl of oats or maybe a couple of cookies that you would have had after 5 p.m. with a stick of butter you're gonna get fat yeah and uh that could so so that so if it as long as it via as long as it adheres to the calories rule you're going to be fine but then even before that say they don't replace anything but they enjoy and they're they're very much in like they sit they have a family that sits around and eats popcorn and watches movies every single night at 6 p.m well, now you're going to be that one loser that doesn't have any calories, doesn't have any popcorn, doesn't have any carbs. And realistically, that might not be sustainable for you because that's going to be tough to, to do every single day of the week is sit and watch everyone else eat popcorn while she sat there eating, eating nothing. So then that diet would violate the consistency or sustainability principle. Exactly, yeah. So we've really got to make sure that we look – everything has to be seen through a bigger picture sort of way of thinking. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. So we've got ca- calories, we've got consistency and sustainability. The next one I've got here is macronutrients. So yeah. your carbs, your protein, your fat. I'm not mm-hmm. really going to go into what each of them do, but you just have to distinguish that you need, um, essentially you need a set amount of protein. Um, what do you prefer to use, mate? So, uh, so I like to put uh, protein and calories uh, are the targets that I like to have. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the way that the, the macronutrients fit into the calories is each macronutrient, obviously, you know, the, they all have a calorie value. So protein and carbohydrates per gram is four calories. Fat is nine calories per gram. Um, and so that's how they fit into that, that tier before. Yeah. But how do you split them up? I like to go uh, adequate amount of protein. And to me, whatever diet you're on, uh, however your calories go up or down, or your, you know, anything, as long as your body weight stays the same, protein stays the same. Um, and there's a number of schools of thought and it's based on activity, what you actually set that at. Um, <clears throat> but I always go protein staying the same at a pretty high, your, uh, amount, but it also depends on the rest of your calories. And then your carbs and fats, they don't really matter for body composition. They're both energy um, sources. Yeah. They're both sorts of energy. And as long as, you're still sticking to your calories, which is more important than your macronutrients. Um, there was a study, uh, I believe it was last year that came out, or it might have even been earlier than that, um, where they had two different diets. One, they were both exactly the same calories, so they were both exactly the same protein. Yeah. One was high-fat, low-carb. One was high-carb, low-fat, and the outcome was identical. So as long as your calories and protein are the same or identical to in each diet it doesn't matter which you know whether you're having heaps of carbs heaps of fats as long as the calories aren't exceeded you're all good so you know for the most part for body composition not a big deal um i would add a caveat to that that my preference would be for anyone with an athletic goal and even um somebody with a high uh, amount of training that has a physique goal i would edge more towards the higher carb and the lower fat um, mm-hmm. just because you're going to be able to train more effectively with that carbohydrate energy source and you will be with the fat energy source. For sure. And um, like I this is where we get into a bit like, this is where it starts to get a little bit more detailed. Yeah. Um, but the detail doesn't necessarily like involve too much science, in my opinion. No. You can use, um, like I say, the Physique Nutrition Crash Course video series um, there's a calculator on there on, I believe it's the second video there. We've got a calculator for your, how to work out your macronutrients, how to work out your protein, carbs, fat. And it's mostly by like personal preference um, because you need a certain amount of protein because that's going to do your body good. It's going to help you build muscle. It's going to help you recover all, all of those good things. Mm-hmm. But then after that, fats and carbs is almost, so it can be personal preference by the, like the food choices that you have available and what you enjoy. But it's also... Um, I think if you're an athlete, yeah, for sure, carbs are going to be a, a, a better energy source for you. But there's mm-hmm. nothing to say that you cannot just use a lot of fats. And like your body has to go around the houses a bit, has to take a bit of a detour to get that energy, but it can still get that energy. And for weight training, it's fine for, especially for like low rep strength work. It's when you get into like real hard, you know, Rugby, man. Rugby is yeah. a real tough sport to use to, to try and produce energy only from fat. So that's where you yeah, definitely man. want some carbs. 
but you don't need to have a stupid amount, like just enough to fill up your body's glycogen stores pretty much. Yeah. Mate, I did uh, keto for a year and a half. I played in that year and a half, I played two seasons of rugby or Jesus. a season and a half. Yeah. And it was probably the shittest I've played in my adult life. But did um, you at the time feel that you were playing that bad? Uh, yeah. Like I just felt lackluster all the time. Um, you know, I did, I wasn't as strong. I wasn't as powerful. I wasn't fast. And then the next season I was eating carbs again. I came back and everyone was like, what the fuck did you do in the off season? Huh. Like, and all well, I did was change my energy source. And that's not going to happen the same for everyone. My preference and my body's preference is carbohydrates. Um, and it comes back to that consistency and the sustainability and being able to adhere to it. Yeah. If you prefer eating fats, then your preferred energy source is probably going to be fats. Yeah, there's good data yeah. to show that like um, high-fat diets as well can help you stay in your calories and still help you stay consistent because it just drives hunger down quite a lot. And if you're just eating a lot more boring foods in general, which, you know, if you're not having sugar, you're not having these crazy, crazily amazing tasting things. I mean, bacon lovers will argue me on that, but still, mm-hmm. right? If you have a, a, a basically a keto-based diet, you're, you can push those hunger signals down. Now, this is definitely going to be problematic for someone that really wants to try and gain muscle, gain yeah. weight, eat a lot of food, because it's just really difficult. Like, as I say, it's easy to overeat when you eat high fats, but it's not easy to consistently eat a lot of food on a high fat diet because it's just so satiating and filling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the satiation that's the issue. It's the speed of digestion. Yeah. Um, like it just takes longer. Like your body can only, uh, digest a certain amount of calories at a time. And for every gram of fat, there's, 2.2 2.2 times or 2.25 times as many calories. Right. So it's going to take longer to digest. Like it's just the math. Yeah. It's not um, like when you eat a chocolate or a high, high sugar thing where, you know, you forgot that you ate it five minutes later and you're definitely yeah. not full. Whereas if you eat a stick of butter, like that's probably going to like give your stomach uh, signals to say, Hey, <laughs> we probably want to stop eating. Yeah. You're also probably going to shit liquid really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd add on that, um, and I don't want to go too far into the science, but if you are eating in a calorie surplus, so whether that's to gain muscle or to recover or, or whatever your reason is for eating in a calorie surplus or even you just like eating more food, yeah. Um, if you can keep your fats lower and your carbs on the higher side and, and try and hit that surplus using mostly proteins and carbs, yeah. you will put on less body fat. Um, and that is basically because once you digest fats, they become triglycerides, and that's how they're stored. So straight away, your body's ready to go, okay, we've eaten too much, let's store this. Yeah. If you eat too much carbohydrates, they're going to go into glycogen, and they have to go through de novo lipogenesis to turn into fats to then be stored. And even that process takes energy. So if you eat 200 grams surplus of carbohydrates and 200 grams surplus of fat, you'll gain more body fat from eating the fat than you will from the carbs. Yeah. So it's like how I said about how if you want energy from fats to, you know, using the gym or whatnot, your body mm-hmm. has to kind of go around about the houses to give you that energy. It's a, yeah. it's the flip side for carbs and storing fat. The body has to, exactly. can store carbs, but has to go around. It's not what people think, you know, it's not, you know, and then when people say, Hey, you have to eat fat to burn fat. Sure, you do. You do burn fat, but you also store a lot of fat. 
while yeah, shooting and, a lot of fat. And so. most of the time, and in most of the studies where they have shown that uh, more fat has been burned, and therefore more ketones, and also more fat has been excreted in a high-fat diet, it's because your main energy source is dietary fat. Um, so if you're putting more fat in, and that's how you're expecting your body to get energy, yeah. then of course you're burning more fat for energy. Just It's probably not the stored fat in your body. Yeah, it's, it's probably the fat you It's just something that makes a good tagline for you for people to sell shit. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Um, Anyone's going to put anything that sounds good on a product or on a way of eating or whatever to try and make some money. You know, If I say, look at my abs, fucking buy my diet plan, <laughs> you know, eat only this, do what I did, you know, eat fat to burn fat, whatever I put on it, if people want to buy that, they'll buy it regardless of whether it's, you know, backed by science or, yeah. you know, actually works. Like Herbalife is a perfect example of that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, or or the body coach. There's people that have like, ama- like these amazing before and afters and, and people must think, oh, what they do must work. But mm. what you don't see is the thousands of people that have a before and after where they look worse in the after because they fucking gave up because it's a stupid yeah. approach. Well, and the body coach is a prime example where he – you know, has these single-serve meals that are like over a 1,000 calories. <laughs> yeah, he pays no attention to calories. No. Uh, I, th- I think he's just changed his stance on that a little bit. But, like, the guy who doesn't pay attention to calories, who goes three years between photo shoots, and in that three years, you know, all the, like, paparazzi snaps and stuff of him are of him being fat. Like, he oh, really? obviously had, when he started, a limited understanding of nutrition. Um you know, he had some good marketing behind him. Uh, he had some good people telling him what to do and what to say. I think he's and, a handsome chap you know, as well, right? Say again? I said, I think he's quite a handsome chap. Oh, yeah, he's a good-looking bloke. So, um, you know, especially when he's pretty lean. Uh, and, and you know, he popped up at the right time in the right place with the right people behind him, and he made some good money. And I think now there are enough people getting switched on to things like calories and he has started to change his tune a little bit, which is, I guess, is a good thing. So, hmm. yeah, we've we've um, dived down the, in the, the, in hole a the long bit run. Much it doesn't matter who's saying the right information, as long as the right information is getting out there. Yeah, and that's it. It's it's we're we're not concerned about um, you know people's opinions on things or whatnot. We're concerned about what fucking works. What mm-hmm. is that's the most important thing. So even when the science says something, that doesn't necessarily like it's our job as trainers and as fitness people to look into this and say, right, well, why does that work? It's not Mm -hmm. just a case of taking things, you know, as black and white. And that's why I said in the last podcast, and that's why I wanted to run through the basics in this one, because that's what works. Yeah. Um, we've, we've already overrun our time here, mate. Um, but let's just quickly touch on the micronutrients and meal timing real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so micronutrients, essentially we're talking about vitamins and minerals, minerals, yeah. Uh, so you've got water-soluble vitamins, you know, your B vitamins, C vitamins, and you've got your fat-soluble vitamins, your A, D, E, and K. Yeah. Um, basically, what you need to know about them, if you're deficient in them, uh, and I'd, I'd find that out via a blood test, um, if you are deficient, the fat-soluble vitamins need to be taken with fatty sources of food, so fatty fish, etc., or found in food, um, and they're usually going to be in a fatty source. And the water-soluble vitamins the other way. So, for example, vitamin C found in a lot of, like, citrus fruits in all the watery type of fruit, yeah? yeah. Um, and, like, vitamin A, for example, we're talking about, like, fatty fish, 
because it's a fat-soluble vitamin. Um, and then we look at our minerals, um, and there's a few keys of them, so uh, calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, uh, phosphorus, sulfur, yeah. chloride, something like that. Um, but they're your big ones you need to worry about. Once again, primarily found in food, um, so they, these are always going to come from whole foods. Yeah. Mostly vegetables, but um, like the fat-soluble vitamins, more animals, and like some of the minerals, phosphorus, for example, you're going to find in animals or animal products. Uh, basically, the the key thing with this is if you have a deficiency, try and address that with diet. If you still have a deficiency, then look at supplementation. There's no need to take a multivitamin um, if you're using that. As, as a method of correction for sure um yeah so in in line with trying to keep this the basics mm-hmm. it's like all you've really got to do is eat a good varied diet and and for most people that will cover all your bases exactly. like your like if you ever look at a, a multivitamin it's like got really high um really high amounts of your percentage of your recommended daily amount it's like thousands percent so yeah you're actually you actually, I've um, I've read some research saying that you there is potential that you might do be doing more harm than good in taking a multivitamin if you're eating a really good diet because yeah. uh, we run the risk of um, what's the word? Not overconsumption, but uh, oh, what is the word? It's like saturation of that vitamin and then toxicity. Yeah, so like if you if you overdose, I guess. Would mm-hmm. be. So if you overdose on vitamin C, you can run into some real health problems. Yeah, well, if you have too much vitamin C, uh, it becomes a diuretic, and you can you know start going down the path of dehydration and that sort of thing. Um, on vitamin C, funnily enough, uh, I know a guy who brought out some supplements, and he, he was looking down the multivitamin route, and he was getting told by all the people who were he was looking to sell the multivitamin. They were saying, just make sure it turns your piss yellow. Um, they didn't, nobody cares what's in it. Nobody even knows if it works as long as it turns your piss yellow. Like that's how most people are deciding whether it works or not. Beautiful. So, so this brings yeah, us back full circle into like the fact that everything is kind of marketing and why it's important to pay attention to the basics. Cause you don't need to piss, turn your piss yellow. You don't need, you probably need the multivitamin at all. You just need to be exactly. having a diet that you can, can stay um, consistent with that controls for calories and in an ideal world you have enough protein That's- yeah and I, I, would, I would add to the multivitamin thing if you can't get a blood test for whatever reason maybe you're in a health system where it costs a lot of money or a doctor won't let you yeah. get it without actually being sick um, I would say probably take the multivitamin yeah um, I would say that too yeah just to be safe like obviously, try and get as much from your food as you can. The amount you would have to take of these fortified vitamins is a ridiculous amount to overdose anyway. Yeah, I, I um, agree. It was just some interesting research that I read about it. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Um, We're about, all about things not taking things for at face in value. A multivitamin, if it has B12 and vitamin C in it at the same time, it's got to be garbage. So those two can't coexist. Huh. Um, so if you've got a multivitamin that's got both of them in it, then you know the people who made it haven't done their research. Yeah. But again, what's more important <clears throat> is that you, you know, being, being – because we're, when we're talking about micronutrition, we're talking about like being the healthiest that you can be, which uh-huh. is obviously going to help you with your physique, with your performance, with your rugby performance, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But 
actually control, having a calorie control diet, staying in a healthy weight range and being consistent with that, that's actually going to give you more health benefits than like nailing your, your, um, micronutrients, but running over on calories and just being a fat piece of shit. Yeah, man. Like there's a reason we went through them in the order that we did. Yep. That's in order of importance. Like you can be consistent with a good diet and not worry about the rest of the stuff and still have good results. And if you want to add a little bit more to that, you can start looking at calories. You want to add a little bit more to that macronutrient. But every time you add a little bit more, it's only giving you a marginal benefit over what you were doing before. Yeah, and it's not in place of the things before it. It's no, not at all. It's a compliment. If anything, yeah, it's to compliment it because actually, you know, getting your macronutrients in is is an easy is a way of controlling your calories and and being, yeah. and being consistent and getting your micronutrients is another good way of making sure that you get all your macronutrients. So yeah. Um, yeah, it all leads into another. And then the, our last one is uh, meal timing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is blown way out of proportion, yeah, although yeah. I do think that, you know, there is something for consideration. You know, it's around your workout. You definitely should be getting in um, or around, around any sort of training time. You should definitely be getting in some calories. You should definitely be getting in some protein. But you've got to understand that we, like the, most of the information that people get around their like meal timing comes from supplement companies who want to sell you protein to set to drink around your workout. Exactly. Um, I would say with meal timing, um, if you're not training the same body part or body parts again within about 24 hours, yeah, meal timing doesn't really come into it. As long as you're what you're already covering those four bases beforehand, then meal timing is kind of something you don't really need to worry about. If you've gotten to a workout and you haven't eaten before it then there's, you know, you probably need to eat something straight afterwards. But as long as you're spacing your meals out throughout the day, yeah. however you prefer, which comes back to the sustainability and consistency, you are probably going into that workout with enough energy to do it. And you're probably going to eat again soon. And if you're following those other uh, principles, you, you don't really need to worry about meal timing too much. No. Caveat with that is if you are in a calorie deficit and therefore maybe you're not getting enough uh, food in to recover, then I would probably eat more protein and more carbs close to the workout yep. and uh, not so much away from it. For sure. Two things on that, actually. Um, the first one, yeah, like you said, uh, being in a calorie deficit does make it more important. But mm. really, it, to me, it makes it more important to keep you consistent with it yeah. and to keep your calories in check. Because if I, when I was really dieting down... I had to um, I had to eat probably definitely within two hours of training um, before yeah, training, yeah, yeah. and I had to eat probably within an hour of finishing my training session. And the reason being was just that I was so hungry and so energy deprived that I needed those carbs in me, or I needed to feel like I was full, you know, feel like I was satiated whilst I was working out. Otherwise, yeah. I would just be in agony. I wouldn't be able to work out properly. I wouldn't be able to do any yeah. of that stuff. But um, if you look at that. And two hours before, an hour after, and you work out it takes like two hours. Who normally goes five hours between meals? Yeah. Not many people. Sure. So um, as I was saying, if you're following those other principles we've already discussed, then yeah. there's a fair chance that you're not going to exceed yeah. uh, a normal meal timing. But what I found now, even when I bulk, is that I can eat – you know, I can not eat before I train and be fine just because I've got that much more uh, nutrition in my system that I can just use for the workout. Yeah, well, if you've got full glycogen stores and yeah. you don't really need to eat before it, and as and long as you're taking in enough protein full. over the next 24 hours, yeah. then you don't really need to 
eat any protein around the workout either. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, really, it, it, it is that simple. And again, um, this meal timing comes way after being consistent. So um, if, say, you work out first thing in the morning, it's not as important to get in get in some food right before you work out and right after, especially if you are a big eater at night because it's more yeah, important man. then for you to if, move your calories then. Exactly. If you smash all your calories around your workout just because you thought you had to and then you spend all night starving, you, you can't adhere to your diet and the whole thing's pointless anyway. Sweet. Yeah, perfect. All right, um, that brings us to the end. Anything else you want to touch on there, Nick, mate? No, nah, mate, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think we nailed it uh, a little bit longer than 20 minutes for sure, yeah. but uh, it's all good. Um, I told you, you need to put me on a timer. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just wrap it up there. All yeah, right. cool. Sweet. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and type a quick review. It takes about a minute, and it really helps us out a ton, helps grow the show, helps grow Rugby Muscle, and in turn, we will be able to give you guys the best quality content, information, and programs that we possibly can. If you're interested in any of that stuff, like the free physique nutrition video series or the TJ Strength Supplement Guide or the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, you can find them all at rugby-muscle.com or by going through my Instagram profile at tj.strength. Give me a quick follow. And until next time, guys, I've been your host as always, TJ. See you soon.